0: Hello and Pillars of Babel are back for an election special where this week we're going on about all the candidates, all the constituencies, and much, much more. I'm Archibald Edit, and as usual, I'm joined by Oliver Sykes. And yeah, that's this week Sorted. <laughs> The polls are now open in the twenty twenty one Isle of Man general election. Those are the sounds we heard yesterday morning at eight am when the polls opened yes, for uh, Oliver and i's first uh, election we could actually vote in uh it was quite exciting. I was down at the polling station i think you know, like minute to eight because I needed to get out to do some exit polling, as we'll be hearing about later um kind of what, what was your experience voting, Oliver?
1: Um, i found it a very interesting experience uh, of course i I'd, I'd never done it before um but it was really easy and simple and i'd had a lot of people comment to me that uh, even um registering to be able to vote they said god it was so simple and the voting is so simple because there's people there to instruct you instruct uh, you on on what to do and um there's you know there's not an awful lot that needs doing you know you walk in and um you go up to uh, a polling official and you know they they d- they point you in the right direction and before you know it, it it's done um but it is it's being careful with where you're putting your crosses
0: Indeed, it is definitely to be very careful about where where those crosses are going. But it is in pencil, which was something which quite confused me. I was speaking to a few kind of electors after that, and we were thinking, why is it in pencil? We'd think at least we'd have progressed to pen, because pen is a permanent a permanent ballot uh, ballot there. Uh, and you think about it, so even when you sign a bank check, you can't sign it in pencil. You have to sign it in pen because it kind of gives that sense of finality. That's the thing I found quite interesting about the whole process. It's just a stubby pencil attached to some screen, string. Yeah, indeed. Um, that was a, an interesting thing that
1: I noticed when I went to, to pick up um, the, the the pencil. Um, but I also... I, I, I thought the... Um, you always hear that, um, you know, it's quite secretive, you know, you going to vote. But I didn't find that the booths, that sort of, a, you know secretive you know, know. There was, there they're, quite sort of, they're quite open They're quite open, and thought you'd go right into a space and obviously i know in some countries you know you have curtains and everything and you know really um, but it was quite mm. sort of you know you could have several people around you um in in this area but no i found it a great great and easy way but um i suppose uh, it's been talked about in in the run-up to this election about potential electronic voting or you know voting online um You know, some people have said it would take the sort of um, the tradition out Mm. of it. Uh, And I I would agree on on some some aspects of that. Um, But maybe sort of electronic voting, but you still go to the the polling station and, you know, press a button or whatever. Uh, That's probably more secure than online. I mean, they've said that the online uh, going through a website could be done. But, you know, I'd like to hear. Hear your thoughts on that, Archie.
0: I think it's important always to remain a mix, as not to leave those who maybe don't like technology behind in kind of that gap. Uh, so the older generation, they like to do their banking in person. They like to kind of do things by post. And and don't necessarily like the online revolution per se. So I think it's quite important we still reta- retain that traditional way of voting. But again, it's something which could be looked at, especially to inspire maybe more young voters. They can go out and vote easily from the comfort of their own armchair, for example. It's the armchair voter like the armchair uh, politicians, as we see on Facebook nowadays. It does seem to be the way people like to, like to go. But it is time for us to kind and look at some of the... Cons- well, not some, all of the constituencies. All of the constituencies. And we can actually speak about some of the candidates. Indeed.
1: The Isle of Man general election 2021 coverage
0: on Manx Radio. That was the consistent theme of last night's election coverage. As Oliver and I were both listening, we're on uh, from I think six thirty to we eight. We're there as well. for the build-up. We we're was there exciting.
1: For the build up. Uh, I'd never known uh, time go so quickly in the build-up to eight o'clock when the polls closed. One minute was twenty-two minutes, then it was seven minutes, and before you knew it, the polls, polls were closed. closed. They're shut. They were um, gone.
0: Well, it's time to look at our first uh, constituency. So, what was it, Oliver? Well, I believe the first
1: constituency to be announced was Douglas South. I was there, actually, in the day, exit polling, and uh, I thought it was a rather tremendous thing to do, Um, and I think the exit polls were were right, mostly throughout the night, but anyway, that's not important. Um, So, yes, in uh, Douglas South, we had um, Sarah Maltby get elected uh, for the Manx Labour Party uh, with 1,244 votes and Claire Christian uh, with 1,242 votes. So it was only two votes between the uh, two candidates that got in. Um, in third place, sadly, um, was Paul Quine with uh, 1,094 votes. Obviously, Paul got in last year on a by-election, um, but sadly didn't get uh, enough votes to, to carry on to do a full term. And then in fourth place, we had uh, Jared Higgins with, uh, I think it was... Um, Five five hundred votes. Um, mm. I, I may be mistaken on that. Um, I think it was.
0: I think it was that. Anywho, uh, five hundred and fifty-two.
1: Up... Sorry, I'm mistaken.
0: Well, you said you said that you were it, sadly uh, Paul Quine lost out. Did you did you, did you particularly like Paul Quine? Uh, I thought
1: I, I thought what he did um, in, in Tim World was w- was very good. In the comments that I've heard from from other people, um, I believe he's uh, very good at, at the constituency work. Um, so yeah, no, I I, I think um, I think he put his all in, into the campaign, um, and yeah, I I mean you know it's 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 difficult when you don't get elected, you know, uh, when you don't get back in, um, you know, politicians are people at the end of the day, and uh, I suppose it's one of those things, you know. Um, we have to move on at some point, don't we? Um. Well, I
0: suppose yeah. It's it's what once you've been voted out, it's hardly time to go in. I know there was uh, going going in again. Uh, there's some candidates who stood were voted out and they've re stood again, and obviously they've not got in. Definitely. Um, but it was kind of an interesting comment. At least I was speaking to some people last night. And it seemed that this in the political world we thought um, some of the MHKs are setting themselves up, to going in and trying to like like the likes of Graham Gajanus, totally different constituency, were mm-hmm. setting themselves up to be MLCs. Which I thought it can't be the case because if you've been voted out by the people in your MHK role, you don't have the mandate surely to go will. out and be. I, an I MLC. was
1: I, I was quite annoyed to hear that um, <coughs> several you know sort of um, former MHKs or other people saying. Um, or sort of, um, you know, uh, colleagues of, of Graham's saying, um, "Oh yes, I think Graham should definitely uh, st- stand for MLC." I, I I don't see why, really, because uh, the people MLCs, didn't want him. Yeah, so, so why why should we want him? And, in and, our the, government? and the MHKs are putting them forward mm. as the people's
0: representative. Um, but it is it is uh, straying from our our, uh, our strand of Douglas South? So what what do you think of the candidates? Well, I've
1: uh, sort of seen a lot from Sarah Maltby and Claire Christian on social media. I think they've they've used it very wisely. I know Sarah um, put put out uh, in, in the uh, January the 4th, I think it was, that she was going to be standing. Um, so she's put in a lot of hard work because, you know, from the moment you say you're going to be standing, people expect you to be calling round or to be answering questions and or, you know, the media want to get in touch with you and, and start um, getting sort of... Um, I, th- I think it's quite it's quite things. early
0: declaration in my, in my view, well, J- January fourth. But you know, it's it's early not necessarily in the scheme of the worldwide politics. Mm-hmm. But in the island, it's usually quite quite common to declare like early August, late July is kind of when some people declare. We have even had some of this election declare right up. Uh, it's like the day before the thing closed. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's
1: too late, in my opinion. But I
0: did, I did find it quite interesting, especially on Sarah's manifesto. Mm-hmm. There was only one, on, at least on her personal manifesto, the Max Day-Baba have a separate manifesto, which I'm not currently commenting on. But mm-hmm. her manifesto, which she sent out, mentioned climate change once in doorstep conversations, which wasn't really the views of her. And then only once in recovery from COVID, looking at, they mentioned climate change and there's no environmental section in that manifesto which I was quite disappointed on yeah i haven't i didn't
1: manage mm. to uh, get to look at sarah's manifesto but um obviously she's not in in my area but um i think i think the great thing about sarah and i noticed this sort of standing outside the exit um doing the exit polling outside one of the polling stations where she was um there and um she's a she's a a, a great people's person uh, she has great interaction uh with with people and, and he's is very friendly approachable person um and obviously now she's gone on to follow in her father's footsteps and um it's the first time ever in Douglas South that two women um have have been elected so there's a bit of history there but I uh, I think it's now time to move on to our next cons- Well no no you or, mean, or you, you,
0: you to- mentioned mean, yeah that, that it's you saying it's important for there to be two women I'm I'm just no no I said, oh, said no, no, no no I'd like to say for the first
1: I think it's um i made a historical point point. yeah but
0: but... i think it's it's been interesting how it's being portrayed in the news kind of it's this uh very big figure it's it's almost i don't think we should necessarily be focusing on gender as the issue here uh we kind of just we should focus on the people themselves because yes it is maybe a historical fact that yes they were elected but ultimately i care not about the gender of the person not about any characteristics of the person but how they act actually in politics
1: but what I think is, is over the past number of years, decades, you know, we have ha- had hardly any women in Timwald, And I think it's um, that is where it's it's not fair. It's not an equal
0: represent representation it was, of what um, I'd hardly say. what it wasn't fair because they do if they have the ability to stand. There was just not many women actually standing in politics. At that time, I would query fair, fairness there because if they have the opportunity to stand, it's the up to the electorate. We can't say the electorate's being unfair towards certain candidates because the electorate ultimately has to make the choice of who they elect. Otherwise, to say oh they're just being uh, unfair to Tim Baker and right. Aaron Michael and the didn't elect. I mean they, they were making their own choices. Well, well, you, uh, you, you, make a, you make a fair point there, yeah. but I do think it's uh, it's a great thing to see
1: uh, that I think there's there's ten. Um, Female uh, MHKs now in mm. in in the House of Keys. Well, I mean, um,
0: my only my only gripe was uh, obviously in manifestos which don't include the environment, so that's why I was, dis- I was disappointed at least to see that. I mean, you it's, know, it's, in a manifesto actually,
1: you cannot fit everything. You know, there's things that I've the wanted, inv- to, oh. things I've wanted to see in, in 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 manifestos that have not been there. But I do, uh, I understand that. Uh, the environment is is a, a very important but, well, issue, and it's something that you care passionately
0: about. But if if you even look at the candidates, uh, kind of on Max Radio, they put the interests. Mm. Most of them put climate. They put climate change as a buzzword, but yeah. they mention climate change a lot. And if they mention climate change, they should be putting it in a manifesto because they have many many pages. It's, it's not it's not even like a choice mention there's not even a yeah uh, definitely remove yeah. plastic back. so that's what i was No, that's quite, definitely quite, quite is
1: is it, it is what we were sort of talking about last night is you know where do we go with the climate change you know there is uh so many things but it's it's what you're actually going to want to implement and how you're going to do it it's all very well saying you know we need to get all the carbon emissions down by i don't know 2050 or 2035 or whatever, but. Um, it's actually what are you going to put in place to to make that come into effect, um, so yeah. But I, I mean, you know, you cannot fit. And uh, I know Chris Thomas had made comments about this. People said, "Oh, your manifesto is too long. Uh, there's too many words." And and then some people saying, "Why isn't this in the manifesto?" You simply cannot fit everything into the manifesto. But um, yeah, one of the 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 best manifestos that I saw at this election was. Uh, the Arman Green Party candidate for Russian Andrew langer and Newton, who we'll sadly, get onto later. Sad, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll get on to that that later on in in the show. But um, sh- shall we move on to Onken for indeed, for, yes. for their, their results. Well, the two um, f- former MHKs uh, for the last house uh, got re-elected. Uh, that was Mister um, Callister with one thousand six hundred votes. Uh followed by uh Miss Edge with 1,363 votes. And then in third was um the John burkow endorsed uh James Cherry with five hundred and seventy votes. Did you did you see that uh, John burkow endorsed video?
0: Oh I must say that, that, that video was rather interesting because there's a paid cameo which isn't necessarily sticking, I would say, within the election spirit of endorsements. Yeah. Um yeah. Anyway,
1: so he was in placed in third with five hundred and seventy votes. Followed by um, Peter Willers, uh, who was the uh, Liberal-Vanin candidate with 446 votes. And uh, then Michael Leatherer with 177 votes. Um, I'd just like to point out as well, um, hopefully all my um, sort of numbers are correct. I do apologise if they're not. I tried my best. Um, but if there is an occasional uh, mistake, then I, I do apologise. So it's interesting there um, to see the two incumbents get, you know, re-elected. Um,
0: well, it, I think it shows they've just done a they, good job. They've for, done a uh, good job, yeah, of, definitely.
1: Yeah. And I, I know that um, Mr Callister's definitely hope edging for a ministerial um role this time potentially he, he he's and he i don't know whether you saw his blogs throughout the uh the last I did years, yes. but he yes. he did uh sort of uh, uh blogs to show accountability and transparency and sort of what what it's what i do as an mhk and what it's like and uh I, I read them quite a few times and uh you know he he was putting in putting in some long days and you know that just shows um what hard work goes into it i mean uh there was a comment last night on the uh on the max radio uh election coverage and it was that uh you know your phone can go off at any point of the day and you know it's sort of your
0: duty, I mean, you don't have to, but uh, to answer it is uh, constituency MHK. But again, what, one of the points I'd like to say about about these candidates, I was pleased to see, obviously, Julie Edge and her kind of interesting, especially towards Max Raider, she said, well, climate change is one of my priorities I want to focus mm-hmm. on. Uh, same did Rob Callister. Uh, Julie Edge, I think her manifesto did actually involve quite climate change quite a lot. There's a nice cohesive kind of mix there of what she stood for. But then we saw Rob Callister mention climate change in his manked radio kind of election card thing and then not a single mention not even like a, a choice mention of climate change or anything about the environment in his manifesto as i can mm. see and which i find quite shocking you No, know, that you know I, I sort of
1: relaying on, on the comments you're making earlier you know when, when you say when you sort of make a pledge that you care about it and then it's not featured then um it's mm. a bit annoying i mean there was one candidate in my area who Put in his...
0: Um, i know, sorry, that was 20, 2016 manifestos reading. Ah, yeah. But, like, um, why? Yes.
1: But a candidate that, you know, um, they they put out these introdu- in, introduction cards. What's the... I don't know what the exact terminology is, but um, sort of, you know, I'm standing. This is sort of what I sort of believe in. You know, believe in. My manifesto's coming out soon. And it was, you know, I care passionately about young people um but uh unfortunately there was nothing about young people in their manifesto it, you know there was no section but there was a pensioners section um so you know it is it's um, it's concerning uh really that you know you, you say one thing in 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 your sort of introduction thing that you care passionately but then you know, there's there's a pension section, but there's no there's no, nothing for young people. Anywho, I think we should now move on to your constituency, Archie. Um, indeed, indeed. Which was Arbury, Castletown, and Maloo.
0: Yes, that was it's quite a fascinating uh, election there. Uh, I suppose you can run through run candidate results quickly first, I say. Uh, probably a good idea.
1: Well, in first place was uh, Jason Morehouse with. Uh, A large number of votes, 1,980, followed by Tim Glover, former news editor here at Manx Radio, with 1,818, followed by uh, Steve Crowther with 1,484, and then in fourth place, the former, uh, well, he still is, the um, Minister for Home Affairs and Justice, Graeme Crajean with 730 votes. Mm. Um, So, um, yeah, your thoughts on... On, on your area, Archie.
0: Well, I would say it's it was it was an interesting election. I was obviously glad uh, to see uh, Graham Coogan exit. We had quite a few clashes at the uh, requisition meetings, to, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't seem like the current can the current MHK is actually doing a lot um, to push forward. For example, the new school or looking at the airport technology gateway that wasn't mm-hmm. really dealt with uh, in the past five years. Um it was again quite interesting to see the uh, manifestos. Um again uh it, it, it didn't seem like many were very very strong on particular policy. Uh but it was it, it's better I suppose better candidates than the last time I would say around I'd say definitely.
1: Very good. Um I suppose next we'll, we'll keep moving on because uh, we've got a lot of constituents to get through and, Indeed. and there's only so long uh we can go on for. So Russian is up next. Um so that that is is my area um so yeah uh in first place with a staggering 2384 votes four votes is now the longest um current uh serving mhk june watterson followed by uh, dr michelle hayward with 1386 votes uh, obviously michelle and newly now elected mhk uh, former chair of Port St Mary commissioners, so um, I sort of see why um, Michelle got the support. Obviously, she's had a bit of background in local authorities, and you know, clearly the people um, have have put their their trust in, in her and 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 decided to 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 um, vote for her. Mm. So, thirdly, was was Mark Kemp, uh, who sadly, um, stood. Uh, again and, and didn't get in obviously last time he was within a swing of 55 votes of getting elected uh shortly behind the now president of tim World, lawrence skelly uh mark hemp got 1163 votes and then in fourth place was the Isle of and green party candidate, um andrew lang and newton uh with 1109 votes um going on to a comment uh that I was making early you know the one of the best sort of laid out manifestos which was not an awful lot of writing uh mm. easy to read uh pleasing to the eye was was uh andrew uh andrew's uh manifesto it, it was it was really good it, it set out um his vision his aims and uh i, I really thought it was good and um andrew the the, the leader of the manx screen Party, put out a thing today and said you know this is this is just sort of um a a a, a, a um n- not the end and it you know the manx screen party is going to come back uh, again and um we, we don't know where and when but you know it's not the end of manx screen party we to oh, no, be, be. No, no. you know we'll be we'll be um we'll be doing much more um but, but commiserations to to all the candidates who who haven't got in it is a it's a testing thing putting yourself out there uh, to get a public mandate and I suppose you know, um, big, uh, big sort of applause to anyone that that gets out mm, there and puts yes. themselves up for, for 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 MHK. You know, it's a it's a difficult thing to do, and I suppose you know someone's going to get in and someone someone's not. Uh, y- your thoughts, Archie, if you have. Well, any...
0: I'd say, going back to manifesto Desire, I think most Andrew was definitely the best after the Ru- in the Russian constituency. Yes, by, yeah. by far. I mean, I, I yeah. found Michelle was slightly hard to read with the. Background with pictures, that was relatively hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, again, on to Mark Kemp, I found it just a bit very wordy. It was very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that maybe did reflect in the voting. I think Duran's I, 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 and... Um, uh Michelle's were the most concise at least uh, in that. Uh but going to something obviously I'm I'm key on the environment here. I like yeah, to look at yeah. the, the candidates' environmental policies. I think Michelle they've luckily these mm-hmm. two candidates have a section on the environment, which is excellent to see. Uh but Michelle, I think it was slightly confusing the yeah. word in the second paragraph of the environment. So it's talking about the all island waste strategy and then talking about tackling carbon emissions from the incinerator is a key step for our future. Air pollution monitoring should be in place. And, I, and she keeps on going on about evidence-based policy. Yes. And this is not evidence-based. Yes. We don't no, We don't have mm-hmm. an incinerator. We have an energy for waste plant, which is entirely different from an incinerator. It burns our energy to make electricity. We do have an island waste strategy, as in it all goes into the incinerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, an air pollution monitoring is in place in the incinerator. You can go onto the website and actually view what the air pollutants are coming out of it are, which are actually relatively low.
1: I, I completely agree with, with what you've mm. said there, Archie. For someone that wants to go with, with evidence-based policy, there was no sort of real... Um, evidence in evidence the manifesto. Evidence in the manifesto to say, you know, these are yeah. the problems, this is what needs to be done. A- Andrew had a few statistics and, and stuff in there. It was more sort of... Um, Sort of general generalised comments of of the area, you know. Oh, I, I think that speeding's quite bad in in this area, and I, I think we should do this with the cosy nook or whatever. Um, yeah, I I feel as though
0: um, and it's kind th- of there should th- have th- been more in finance as yeah. well. She she said, well, the Gibraltar has a national uh, has a government bank. The Isle of Man should go down the same route. I don't think a government owned bank is a good idea necessarily because you do sort of you can you can argue it's at arms arms length but there will still be have to be some sort of political oversight towards that and it's better i think run by a private institution personally because banking that's how i think it works better much much there mm-hmm. uh, so i did find her um and it, it's just kind of her manifesto wasn't very evidence based nor did some of it actually Work in what I say mm-hmm. I think during the manifesto it was slightly more brief, but it was obviously it's not more brief than Michelle's but it's more mm-hmm. brief than others I've seen, but I quite like it was quite a clear layout, yeah definitely, and he he does again have it have experience um and kind of looking at the environment section, I thought it was much, much better to put together. He was kind of saying, well, he, what he supported doing in Timwald and what he wants to go and carry on doing. So it's like he supported the uh, carbon neutrality by 2035. Well, he if he's re-elected, he'll support cheap loans to re-encourage people to install solar panels, Yeah, cetera, it's great, yeah. And there was some nice, at least, policy in there. Yeah, So just definitely. comparing those two candidates, obviously we're more down South based, so I know more about them, I can yeah. comment more. It was quite interesting to see... The lack of evidence, and then it just it just didn't make sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw Dewan get an overwhelming support mm. within the constituency. I think if you sort of graded it all Ireland, he got the actual most amount of support. Uh, but th- most most number else. of votes, yes. but the
0: person with the highest percentage of votes was not Dewan. Right, okay. i forgot forgotten who there was. It was mentioned on the update, Max Rate update, when right, I was on the way okay. in, but, um,
1: yeah. yeah, but um I suppose, you know... He was speaker last time. That sort of puts a bit of um, restriction on sort of you know questions you can ask and sort of constituency kind of work. Um, will he go for speaker again this time? Um, who knows? Mm. Um, but you know, that's that's up to him. But uh, you've always got to bear your you know your constituents in, in mind. On, on you know that's what I personally think.
0: Um, yeah. Who I, knows? I agree. He I might, agree. He, You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, People have said, "Oh, I think Duran would be would be good for Chief Minister," but uh, I am not entirely sure he I wants to he, go I down that route. I think he
0: may be running for Speaker again, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait we and will, see. we
1: will definitely wait and see. So, Move, moving on to our our fifth constituency that was announced last night, that was Douglas Central. Um, so, first up. Uh, in, in in with the most amount of mo- votes was was Anne Corlett with uh, one thousand four hundred, followed by Chris Thomas with one thousand three hundred and nineteen, and then it was D- Damian Chiapelli with f- nine hundred and fifty one votes, and then followed by uh, Sarah Hackman with three hundred and sixty nine. So we saw the the two uh, incumbents re-elected back into the House of Keys, um, with 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 a fair with a fair few few amount of votes
0: um yeah it was it was an interesting election i think there was a, again i had another gripe about the manifestos chris thomas didn't mention uh climate change in his manifesto uh that i could see uh nor did he mention the really environment section which i was yeah. disapp- disappointed in uh, considering it's 2021 and we, environment is kind of the key aspect where that key turning point where we need to actually start dealing with it and lots of the candidates they speak about climate change and they don't necessarily have anything in the manifesto. And you you said earlier, well, they can't necessarily fit everything in the manifesto. But they manage to fit such issues which we think are just trivial. That yes, they do actually have space to even put a brief mention. It's something which should be on politicians' minds when they go out to declare their candidacy. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I I feel as though it should.
1: You know, if if you if you mention it, it's uh, one of your most important issues, and you know, it's not featured then. Why well, isn't it, it featured? I think
0: Anne Call had a nice, nice again a nice section on that, uh, kind of looking, looking at what, asking some key questions and looking at key decisions that mm-hmm. need to be made. Again, not, not so much policy, but none of the manifestos really had mm-hmm. policy in. So it was again nice to see at least they, she had a section on climate change. It was more hefty than most of them at least at the last election. There was like one or two, they're all about oh we should just add a tax on plastic bags. But now at least it seems it is becoming more mainstream. Yeah, but it's disappointing to see that still in some manifestos, it's not yet making an appearance.
1: Anywho, we're going to now move on to Middle. Middle was a, a very interesting constituency, um, as they had a, an MLC standing for, for MHK, and uh, she topped the polls. It was Jane Paul Wilson with a remarkable 1,788 votes, followed by former Manx Radio broadcaster Stu Peters with 960 five votes in third place was alison lynch with 792 votes followed by kieran hannafin with 553 votes and uh, then it was followed by david fowler with 163 votes so very interesting area um yeah your thoughts archie
0: Well, I'd say, uh, just looking first at the manifestos, I quite like... Jane Paul Wilson, I think, is a very, very strong candidate. I was glad to see she was elected into the lower house, but I think she can do more work than she could... Uh, obviously scrutinising legislation and legislation, She's very, very good on that aspect. Uh, she, again, I like to see that there was a good climate section policy in her manifesto, and she's a very strong candidate, so I'm glad uh, she got in. That no, was very so good. Are, yeah, uh, definitely. With, with Stu, on the other hand, obviously there's nothing about the environment. He's a disbeliever kind of in climate change, which was disappointing because I think the rest of his policy, what he stood for, I did actually agree with. He was standing for kind of common sense as accountability. He as always said, "Yes, was common sense candidate." Um, tackling and, the woke <coughs> agenda, tackling the woke agenda, which I entirely agree with. So I think he did, and I'm not being, sorry, I'm not being ironic here. If you think I am, he's definitely think, not. He was actually, I think, he was being a decent <laughs> candidate. Apart from the <laughs> environment aspect, I think uh, he, he was generally looking at scrutiny, looking at uh, taking kind of looking at civil service kind of looking at taking away uh, the pat- uh, kind of the patronage, not patronizing, all of those kind of aspects, looking at making government more efficient, is something I think we can all get behind and looking at making government more transparent, more more uh, kind of efficient and increasing the scrutiny level, which I think is something important we need to do. Well, Stu's
1: certainly put out some interesting uh, comments into the public domain over the, the past couple of years and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on uh, in the House of Keys and Timwald. Um, he'll be a, a great person to sort of uh, keep your eye on. I'm sure he'll he does, have lots yeah. to say. Um, I and wish he, him the best he, of luck.
0: Indeed, and he, he does actually see. And this is something which is, I think, good, interesting about him. He, he does... He, also exposed virtue signalling in the aspect of a politician can pull these fancy words, but if it doesn't seem like anything, he'll call them out, which I think is good. How much does he screw them? No, he does want to increase scrutiny, yeah. which I think is, yeah. is a good thing. That is a fair, f- fair point.
1: Next up was, was Douglas North. It was a, a very interesting area last night. Um, I wasn't quite, I wasn't surprised when, um, obviously, um, David Ashford topped the polls with 1,567 votes. Um, Followed by um, John Wannenberg with uh, 753 votes. Uh, Then it was followed by Ralph Peake with 642 votes. And um, then was um, Kevin Oliphant smith with, uh, uh, I I want to get the right, the correct uh, number of, of votes there. I can't quite actually read. My writing, so I'll I'll just quickly uh, re- research that up. Uh, don't want to miss him off there. Um, but Archie, your thoughts on uh, David Ashford getting re-elected and uh, a new uh, MHK in that area with uh, Ralph Peake not getting re-elected? Um, John Wannaberg.
0: Well, he definitely increased. Uh, David Ashford definitely increased his. Um... What's it called? He increased the number of votes he got, and I was glad to see kind of on his manifesto that the first thing really talked about was the climate change agenda. Is that something obviously very important uh, to look at. And he, he is generally, I think, he's, he's 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 a good politician in that regard, and it was good to see kind of he increased his votes. It showed he did obviously something for the constituency. Uh, John uh, Wannerberg is obviously a newcomer uh, to the uh, election scene. Oh, Isn't he, He's not really... Is he a newcomer, I can't remember. He's just new to the House of Keys. Here we are. Um, I have the- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, j- sorry, back, I did yeah. have the
1: right number down. It was just there was a uh, two uh, two numbers next to next to the, the number, so I didn't want to get it wrong. So it was uh, David Ashford with one thousand five hundred and sixty-seven votes, followed by John Wanenberg seven hundred and fifty-three votes. Uh, Ralph Peake with 642, and then Kevin Oliphant Smith with 492. Mm. So, just getting it right well, yes, the jo- numbers uh, right there.
0: Uh, John Wanamaker did have some very striking photos within his manifesto, and hopefully, he does seem to go and actually go and deal with these. Uh, one was obviously the flumes at the NS- NSC pool, mm-hmm. uh, seeing them in disrepair. It's, it's quite striking photos he used here to yeah. just show the expose on. The incompetence of the Department of Infrastructure and what they've been doing. So it's quite good to see that. And again, obviously on the prom and all those works the And it's just it, the prom has taken ages. And then we'll get onto it later. I have a brilliant comment uh, about about the prom and uh, certain uh, certain little uh, traffic things on it. Uh, so yeah, it was it was is an interesting interesting result. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to move on to the next one now, which uh, was Glenn, Faber
1: and Peel. So. Another MLC um, got, uh, uh, then yes. became an MHK, which was Kate Law Brennan. She topped the polls with two thousand one hundred and fifty votes, followed by Tim Cruckle with one thousand one hundred thirty-four votes. It's interesting to see that obviously Tim Cruckle uh, used to be a MHK, then went up to Ledgeco, and now has come dropped back down. Uh, obviously, not for, he um, stepped down or yeah. retired from Ledgeco. Uh, and then put himself back up for re-election uh, there.
0: Well, it's good to see a capable parliamentarian, Kate Lord Brennan, go into the lower house, because yes. she already has experience, maybe, in parliament, which kind of is very helpful when look- she can kind of just start the ground, hit the ground running in that regard, not having to learn yeah, all definitely. the processes as current uh, em- uh, new MHDs em- do have to. It, it, yeah. um, and in but time- obviously you're
1: not used to the constituency work.
0: You know, that's no, but one that, thing. That's, that's a new side but, to yeah. increase. And I remember speaking to Kate uh, a few years ago and she was saying, it would be good if time MLCs have some link to constituencies mm. and do that constituency work. So it does seem quite, quite, quite honest and w- within that regard. Uh, going on to Tim Crookle, I was quite shocked uh, that even though the mass amount of uh, just was just a, well not mass amount, but at least there was one false fact which really caught my attention of uh, eight hundred billion uh, pounds. Uh, of gas sitting uh, in Magold which is utterly ridiculous even the company which looks to extract it Kroger has distanced themselves from the figure and say it's not correct Mm. and obviously on the election campaign this wasn't able to be brought up due to the impartiality rules but it was something quite concerning to see uh among candidates standing yeah well i'll carry on
1: with the rest of the candidates for that area oh yes that's okay so uh then we were followed by uh, Ray uh Minister for uh, Policy and Reform, uh, sadly not getting re elected. Uh, There's only three votes now between him and um, Mr. Cowan, uh, which was 1,070 votes. Then it was followed by uh, Leo Cousins, member for the Arlemagne Green Party, 855 votes. Uh, Leo Cousins standing again uh, in in another election this time. And he, he used, he would, uh, last election, think he was Russian. This time he'd moved up to Glenfaber and Peel. And I do understand that he spent uh, nearly a year um on his um election campaign and then finally followed by minister for um environment and agriculture defa uh jeffrey boot with only 237 votes uh, which is quite startling i have to say um Archie, your thoughts on, on, on the, uh, on the uh, gl- resulting Glenn Faber and Peel?
0: Well, I've given uh, already an initial thought there. Um, and going on to maybe, obviously, Geoffrey Booth, it, I, I, it, might, it might surprise you. I thought it was actually a shame he didn't kind of get... I thought he's he's much better a uh, candidate, in my opinion, than Tim Crookle was. Uh, although, yes, over the past few years, he has actually massively reformed his views on climate. He used to be more sceptical about crime, I think, two years ago, and the Climate Coalition was then set up afterward. Um, and then he has over the years actually got better and he does I, he's one of those he's an interesting politician mm-hmm. but um, but he hasn 't yeah. really had the backing
1: of 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 the of, of the constituency of, obviously. and or timwalds throughout the past five years there 's been a, a a decline in in their support of of him trying to pass things um
0: well it 's more the de- uh, i think' it gack across him the because we were talking yeah. about this last night it 's obviously we think, we always blame the ministers, and I find it fascinating to mm. blame the ministers. Obviously, some of them, yes, they don't really look at the briefs and everything, which Jeffrey again, <laughs> hasn't done in certain aspects. <laughs> um, but we look at we look at them having done the briefs, and we'll come on to Tim Baker later. Uh, so Jeffrey, I know, over the past few years, he hasn't necessarily followed the, he hasn't necessarily read the briefs, and he's not so knowledgeable about it, which is why I wouldn't put him in necessarily the Department of uh, Environment. He might be better elsewhere. Um, but it is, again, the civil servants provide the legislation or the CEOs of the department push it forwards. And really, it is almost, like I've mentioned this again and again, it's a Humphrey-Appleby situation in the Isle of Man. We see the civil servants taking on the main policy-making role when it really should be down to the politicians. Um, and we were even talking about this last night, the, um, again... We see this, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, chief of communications for the government taking a very central aspect and kind of really controlling and limiting aspects to the ministers, which is ridiculous, I think, at least in my view. Yes, uh, I think
1: we'll keep keep moving keep, on keep, with uh, keep, keep on, on with the results. Well, the fanfares sounded for Air and Michael now. So, Al Cannon tops the polls with 2,117 votes, followed by Tim Johnston, uh, 1,203 votes. He was then followed by Tim Baker with 709 votes. Uh, Then he was followed by uh, Duncan Livingstone with 517 votes, and then followed by no i'm i'm wrong there sorry uh, it was uh, sorry tim baker was followed by paul weatherall with 540 votes followed by duncan livingstone 517 then uh, phil corkill 378 votes uh, madeline westall with uh, no sorry Do- there's so many candidates in this area it's it's difficult to separate them out uh, dr sos Basagu, uh 189 votes followed by Madeline Westall, 168 votes. It's difficult there, too, actually. There's I, a lot I should, of have, candidates. I should, have used, I should have used the graph, actually. It actually um, displays it a lot better. I didn't have all the names written down for that. Oh, I had, yes, I had indeed, some yeah. of them down, but I had the, the votes. Anyhow, um, I wasn't surprised to see uh, Alf get... get uh, no, I thought it was good to see Alf get
0: back in. He is a capable politician. I think his. He is generally, uh, especially his manifesto, which I read, I read before. Uh, it is quite nicely set out with kind of evidence based of what they need to do, uh, and kind of looking at. Kind of looking at the what mm-hmm. then he wants to achieve, and he does again have a nice section on climate change. It's good to see, and he does seem a very he's very capable speaker, very po- uh, uh, capable politician. I think he probably now will run again will run again for chief minister. So be interesting to see what happens there. But I think he he's he's a capable candidate, a capable candidate. Indeed. Definitely. Well, I think we'll now uh, keep moving on. This oh no, no no got... no no. Aaron, oh, he... oh, Aaron, oh, Aaron Michael. Aaron Michael. We have a lot to talk about here, Oliver. You're oh yes. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, well, we saw obviously Tim Baker losing Many, many votes. Uh, (laughs) Actually, well, did he, he? Yeah, he did lose a lot of votes. Uh, he was he didn't he didn't actually get in again, which was hardly hardly a surprise I did say before <laughs> if chief uh, if Tim Baker did get in, I would endorse him personally for chief minister uh because he would have achieved a feat of uh, he would be a massive uh kind of save of a political <laughs> career though it does seem the roundel did uh, kind of suck down those votes, So maybe it was a poise. his votes went down the roundel, to, uh, which are, was a portal to another dimension in which he got in and is suddenly ruling the world who knows yeah uh, but yeah it was. It was hardly surprising there to see to see that result. Well, I mean, we've heard a lot of um, MHKs and or, you know, um,
1: sort of political commentators speaking over the past, well, sort of couple of days uh, and saying uh, um, that, that Tim sort of took on too much, um, and I believe he did. Um and that's probably why it's 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 affected him.
0: Well, his um, nickname in Timwood has been before Super Tim, so mm-hmm. maybe Super Tim uh, flew too close. I to mean, the sun. you know, he
1: he he did he did sort of mm. say after speaking to um, one of the people representing Manx Radio uh, interviewing him last night, uh, I think it was Judith Lay, and mm. uh, they were saying he was saying, you know, maybe I focused too much on the national issues and and, and did take on too much. And he did say, um, uh,
0: no, he did, he did actually say I was a national politician. I thought. Mm-hmm. If you're campaigning, especially on the island wide, you want to be uh, not just a national politician, you want to be a constituency. And national politicians, it's but I, um, key. It's key in the Isle of Man politics. It's surprising how sphere. no one
1: told. It is surprising, though, how no one told him. You know, Tim, you're taking on too much. You know, uh, but obviously, clearly, And he said it was. He was um,
0: surprised that he didn't get in, which mm-hmm. I, which I, again, I found, I found fascinating. But anyway, we should move on because then we can talk about the general topics afterwards.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we have Claire Barber with six hundred and sorry, this is for Douglas East. Claire Barber with six hundred and ninety-two votes. Followed... oh Sorry, uh, there's actually Joni Farragher who topped, but any whom. Joni Farragher uh, led with 741 votes, Claire Barber with 692. Uh, That was then followed by Michael Josem, 508 votes, followed by John Jocken, 477 votes, followed by Peter Gilmore, 313 votes, then followed by... Amanda Walker with 217 votes, followed by Christine Newhart with 152 votes. So Mm. uh, we've seen um, Joni Farragut
0: top the polls um, as leader of the Manx Labour Party in Douglas East. Indeed, and we'll get around to kind of party politics issues uh, later on. Um, so yeah, it, it was an interesting election. We had there was a lot a lot of candidates in Douglas East, and we didn't really see anyone. Obviously, no one got over a thousand votes. Uh, it's quite a, quite a difficult constituency uh, to get in because there's a lot of transient movement through it. Uh, lots of people go there and then move on, and it's not very high on voter registration. So yes, it, it was it was kind of a, it was a tough constituency, and obviously we saw then Michael Joseph then lose out by a few hundred votes. Uh, which is interesting to see. What are your views?
1: Yeah, it was interesting to see. Obviously, Michael Joseph going for a a different area this time. He obviously stood in the by election for Douglas South last year. Then moved to Douglas East, um, which I, I I still believe isn't actually his um, where where he lives. But uh, he, he decided to, to to go in there. Um, yeah, it was uh, not really surprising to see Joni Farragher and, and Claire Barber. Um, obviously, Claire Barber getting re-elected, um, and and Jenny Farragher. Uh, topping the polls, but um, yeah, n- not a particularly high turnout in that area. Um, w- what was it, 32% with
0: 1,172 people voting? Yes, it was France for
1: Yeah. Anywho, uh, I think we'll move on to one of our final constituencies. I believe we only have two left to go. So we move on to Ramsey, Royal Ramsey. Indeed. Oh, a lot further up north uh, than me and Archie are Too used to. Too far up north, as some say. Yes. So, uh, in that constituency, it was the leader of the Liberal-Vanin Party that topped the polls. Uh, a bit of a different change to 2016 general election. Indeed, um, yes. So, Laurie Hooper topped the polls with 1,657 votes, followed by Dr Alex Allenson with 157 votes.
0: The two incumbents staying yes. in place.
1: yeah, but they've swapped around. Indeed. Um, then it was followed by... Uh, Robert Cowell, uh, 679 votes, followed by Liam Parker, 664 votes, followed by um, Mr. Man, Simon Man, followed by, uh, with 555 votes, followed by um, Erica Spencer, 438 votes, then uh, Leonard Singer, 405 votes, and Leah and uh, Jonathan Kinraid, uh, 345 votes.
0: Indeed, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was It was an interesting election, I think hardly surprising in my view. I think there were two capable candidates again going in for a second term and we'll see, I think, Alex Anderson's not ruled himself out of going... Uh, he said it's not an opportunity to pass up to become chief minister, so we might mm. see him again running and probably, I'm going to say, against uh, his fellow uh, minister, Alfred Cannon. Yes, definitely, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anywho, we'll we'll keep moving on. Uh we'll go to Garth this time. I think that was uh, one of the final uh places to, to be announced uh last night. And uh Daphne Kane topped the polls there with one thousand one hundred and twenty-two votes, followed by Andrew Smith, one thousand one hundred and twelve votes, followed by Gareth Young, uh Manx Labour Party candidate, one thousand and twenty-one votes. Uh Martin Perkins, nine hundred and seventy-one votes, followed by um Mr. Smith, Jamie Smith, uh, five hundred seventy-six votes. So yes, very interesting there again.
0: Yes, I I, I was surprised to see. Uh, well, I think it was interesting with Martin Perkins getting out, but I was not again surprised to see uh, Daphne Kane going in. She's again another uh, good parliamentarian. Mm-hmm. It's good to see her, it's You'll see her back.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that's sort of I uh, think the wrap up for all the constituencies. I don't think I've missed any. I uh, think there's been a fair few of them. So there we have it. That is the breakdown of uh, of the um, Isle of Man general election. And I suppose now it's time for a little reflection. Um, I think it was uh, 10 out of the 12 uh, exit polls were predicted correctly. No. No, no. no.
0: Max no. Radio interestingly claimed 10 out of the thingy polls. But... If you look at it, they mentioned they put Russian on the end there, and in the exit polls, they mentioned it was Drew Watson, then Al- then Andrew langley Newton, and then closely followed by Michelle Hayward. But they said it could be between those two. But again, they predicted that it was going to be Drew Watson, Andrew Langdon Newton. That was the thing there, which I was quite surprised when I saw well,
1: that. No, uh, actually, I did. They did say that uh, they had to add on a bit of evidence that had been missed off. So, oh, they added on evidence yes. off?
0: Because I was just saying, going off the, yeah, p- the papers published a... the exit polls,
1: and it did put Andrew Lang
0: Newton There was a comment uh, on made first. on
1: the Manx show debate last night by um, mm. uh, Mr. Crane, and he mm. did say, I had a bit of data to still add in for there that he only just received, so that's why it was a bit skewed. Interesting. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's correct.
0: Well, yeah, again, on the first exit polls, they released it. Well, it wasn't correct. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's interesting how the exit polling was done. But um, no, uh,
1: that's positive that, that, that they were mostly right, because hmm. uh, as we know from doing them, um, and also to hear the reports of, of uh, students facing abuse, I think was absolutely disgusting. Uh, I think, you know, for, for members of the public to be uh, to, to be rude, and, and, and not just rude, but, you know, very rude, um, I think is is disgusting. Um
0: yeah. But um But I would say on the exit poll they did I, I couldn't if I was personal, I'd say though the, the you, you can it's not quite technically predicting on because they again they put a uh, asterisk next to Douglas East saying uh, they couldn't quite call the second seat. But again, uh they couldn't quite call the second seat in the middle again. So mm-hmm. there's so you can't it's again it's very difficult to say were the exit polls just potluck? Because I know after doing exit polling, we'd stand there for an hour, get about fifteen responses, and again, fifteen responses would give you yeah not much statistical significance. Yeah, but moment. I mean,
1: you know, they were mostly right. But I want to come on to this question now, Archie. Mm. I don't know if you have any more before this, or you know, uh, Chief Minister, yeah, who would you like? To see as as as, as chief minister, and who do you think is going to get chief minister? I think
0: I'd say I'd quite like to see Alf Callan get the top job. I think he is a he is a capable politician. I think he knows his facts and is a good mm-hmm. orator in general. Yeah, uh, that would be my bet. It's unfortunately Tim Baker missed out. Otherwise, that that would have been uh, my hat thrown in the ring there. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Oliver? Um,
1: I I'd quite like to see, which I've heard a lot of fair uh, a fair few people propose, um, Jane Paul Wilson um, to, to to stand mm. uh, for chief minister. I think she's got uh, the experience, and I think she'd she'd uh, be a fabulous uh, candidate to be put forward. Uh, but I do believe that Alf has got a, a a great chance as well, and 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 he probably will most likely um, become chief minister. But you know. That's we'll, fine. We'll I, 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 I've
0: got that soundbite saved for uh, when we see the results, And so we can see if you're right or wrong. Well, there we uh, go. Could do a sweepstake yeah, on the names. I mean, we'll
1: probably be focusing more on that next week as we hear more from the uh, media. I'm sure there'll be a lot more interviews and/or a lot more public consensus on who the public uh, wants. Hopefully, Chief otherwise we we'll
0: have to create a new topic uh, entirely. Indeed, we've seen in this election there's obviously been no green party seats, but there's yeah. been two max labour party seats. Um, and some have been saying it's the rise of kind of political parties on the island although well, I wouldn't say that's necessarily correct what yeah. would you say?
1: Yeah I mean it's I think that's mainly because we haven't seen a Manx Labour Party candidate in Timwold for for a couple of years um, I think the Manx Labour Party is sort of putting a spin on the you know I saw comments last night you know um, Manx Labour Party largest political party in power on. well not in power but you know uh, on the Isle of Man I think that's quite drastic comments to make when you've only got sort of two seats in I'd say. In 24. The secret Manx Tory yeah. party there's many more. <laughs> yeah, um, indeed. Well, um yeah. Yeah, um, I,
0: I, I I think it's not very necessarily hard if you've got really two candidates to say you're the largest. It's it's not very I would say very significant. I don't think we're going to see the rise of party politics all, and mainly due to we've lots of is people focus on constituency issues. We're not mm-hmm. national yeah. politics level. And even if you think the parties you, if you're focusing on the I mean, party yeah. front, you don't necessarily focus on the individual constituency level. Not, We're left, apart from issues.
1: apart from in in Douglas in the, in the sort of the council, uh, none of the local authorities, no one really stands as a as a party candidate, do they? So We're,
0: uh, we we are an in, independent nation, therefore we have independent politicians. It seems. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yes, it it does it does seem like that. Um, but again, I, I I think it was it was definitely a fascinating uh, election. I'd be very interested to see when, obviously, the chief minister those throwing the hats and the rings uh, push it uh, put it out. So I'm not sure when the first Timewall sitting from memory is. I, I think, think it's n- re- next, next, next next week. week yeah, it's really soon yeah, I think from think memory. It's the
1: i 20... I'm not sure.
0: But I'm sure the civil uh, servants have already produced the uh, programme, programme for government, for government well, today. Like be said, finalized yeah. and put in. Yeah, uh, already. Oh yes,
1: they've they've they've. Um, They've looked at all the, the manifestos and that's how they do it, you know.
0: About, that's apparently what we've heard. So I, I don't think they'd ever confirm or deny that. They'd probably deny it even if it is true. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in, in, in absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been an interesting election season. So how would you describe almost your 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 perspective on it? Yeah, I think it's been interesting.
1: It's been nice to sort of see a few shake-ups within, within Tim Wool. A lot of the uh well uh, you know most of the ministers that are currently in there will will not be there come come october when there's a new chief minister uh, which is quite quite big but it's 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 been an interesting one definitely i mean everyone everyone is interesting but for me personally uh you know being able to actually get out there and vote and and you know have my say and you know um if i hadn't voted you know uh then, you know, I wouldn't have been able to have my say and I wouldn't be able to now complain. Uh, as I've heard a lot of people say over the past few days, if you don't vote, you can't complain for the next five years. So I guess now
0: for the next five years... We can I complain. Can compl- we can exactly. complain. We've been um, given the cards to well, complain. We've, we've not that got... like I'm a giant of complaining. I like to have constructive criticism Well, it's good, my Yeah, view. it's
1: good to be positive, yes. definitely. But yeah. it well,
0: was, it was good, in my view, to see climate change be more on the agenda of some candidates. Yes. Some, obviously, I was disappointed again not to see it in the manifestos because it is now... Su- a key issue that needs to be dealt with it does and i'm yeah. not saying that on the front of oh i'm a tree hugger hippie i'm <laughs> i i, 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 su- I i'm re- relatively i'm a conservative i support maybe more, more more free market solutions Archie, more market-based more market-based uh, so, <laughs> stop stop the heckling you're guessing <laughs> i'll have to i have to call in um, my friend on camelio uh, john burko here to go uh, go and shout <laughs> some order at you Alva. um but it's, it's it's good to see that's coming more on I'm, i i support market-based solutions for for climate change but we do need some obviously governmental action to look at the governmental aspects of it uh, and it's, it needs to be a mix almost between those two but it was disappointing on certain candidates who have got in to not naturally see that focus there and obviously mistruths spread about climate change on the on the on, Definitely. on the Definitely
1: well obviously we're going to have a report through uh, I think by the um, Commonwealth uh, Parle- CBA, yeah yes. the CBA the government uh, Commonwealth Parliament Parliamentary Association is that correct
0: Uh yes yes yeah
1: so that'll be interesting to see their election report because that's the first time I think that's ever been done uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll probably do a, a big feature on that in in our podcast um potentially to to, to see what what they've had to say uh, they've been observing it so yeah um mm. but I, I suppose that really concludes um this
0: week's special yes. Yeah, so that's been all about the election next week we might have some stuff to do with the elec- chief minister election if not we'll we'll keep we'll, we'll keep rambling on we'll ramble on and come back to some usual programme before and we or
1: maybe who we want to yes. see in Comin. In well it, it
0: all it all depends on yeah. the facts well, and would, figures which yeah. come out and whether they hurt your feelings or not <laughs> but yes that does uh, conclude this uh, wonderful podcast that's political we do hope you've enjoyed Listening, as usual, you can find all of our past episodes uh, before the Manx mini-series. They're covering a variety variety of topics from uh, the EU to I don't know what. There were so many, they've slipped over my mind, but you can find them at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts forward slash political. Yeah, so do go, give them a listen, let us know what you think, and if you do want to become a guest on our season coming up, uh, in October, or maybe even starting next week depending on the info that comes out do get in touch and let us know, or if you have any topics that you want to suggest we cover, do let us know we'll try and break down them for you and encourage more youth engagement You've been Politi-babbled <laughs>